Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen, see what you think. Dr Kate Bunyan, Chief Medical Officer at Dr Care Anywhere, joins me. Kate, thank you for your uh, time. Um, now, I know you oversaw a cruise ship when it was put into quarantine because of swine flu. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, back in 2009 with the swine flu pandemic, I was uh, on a ship down in Australia. And so what, what was it like for the people and what would it be like now for the people who are stranded on some of these cruise ships? So I think for the passengers that are involved uh, in the situations at the moment, it will be stressful because it would be stressful for anybody. You went on board for an amazing holiday and you find yourself being asked to stay in your cabin, not able to enjoy all that's going on on the ship and having a, a very different experience to that which you planned. But I think what we're seeing is that a lot of people are finding that the cruise companies are being very supportive of people and that everyone understands the situation. So people are being quite understanding of the need to stay in their cabins and follow the instructions that they're being given by the local health authorities and the ports that are responsible for the quarantine. Are we going over the top about this coronavirus? And if not, why not? I think it's really understandable for people to be anxious and to be searching for information when there is so much out there, there's so much misinformation and there, there's so much, many confusing areas of, of conversation about what's going on, where it's going on and what to do for the best. Mm. I think there is a reality that this is a new virus that people don't yet know all about and that automatically makes people more concerned about what might happen and what the future might bring. But I think it is really important to keep it in perspective of the fact that some simple measures can help us look after ourselves so looking after our hand hygiene, thinking about our coughing and sneezing and using tissues, thinking about making sure we don't put our hands near our faces. Those are all really simple things that we can do to protect ourselves from this virus, but also any other viruses that are prevalent at this time of year. Yeah. So it's a, it's a balancing act. It's recognising that it's, there's a lot of information and a lot of it is quite alarming, but recognising actually we can keep ourselves quite safe by taking some very simple steps uh, and by keeping ourselves informed with the right information. Why do you think, I mean, is it the fault of the media? I'm getting fed up with the whole thing. But when you see reports like the ones on Italy closing itself down, you think, am I missing something here? Is there something going on that we're not being told about? Are there more people dying from this and they're just not telling us? Or is it just that the media has gone a little, a little bit overboard? We got bored. There's no Brexit to talk about much anymore. And we've gone, uh, gone to town on this virus. And consequently, people are panicking. I think there's certainly a lot of information sources. And this is the first time we've had a pandemic with this level of media availability and social media availability, which drives the thirst for information. Mm. Um, but we're also the most informed that we've ever been with a pandemic. So knowing all the cases that are being recorded by the labs, knowing all the deaths that are recorded, is also very different. So there's a lot of factual information being put out there that drives those conversations. So I, I don't think it's that we're all going mad, but I think it's that we're in a very different territory to wherever we've ever been before, where there is a lot of opportunity for information to be shared through media and through social media. Um, is, it, is it strange, though, because the swine flu 
pandemic um, didn't cause this kind of uh, hysteria, if you will. Even when SARS was uh, first announced, that didn't cause the sort of reaction we've had here. And I, I just do not understand. And I understand, of course, social media has a huge part to play in this. But people are, you know, why buy up all the loo rolls you can find? Why go in and buy certain things that really don't seem to be uh, associated with any of this? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, are we missing something? I think it's natural for people to see reports of something and think, well, they must know something I don't, so I best do the same. Um, and I think it's interesting that we initially saw stories coming out of Australia about mass buying of toilet roll, and we've now seen that happen in the UK as well. And it, it does feel like that's a response to feeling that we ought to do something and we're not quite sure what we should do. But if somebody's got something they're doing, like panic buying of toilet rolls, well, then that's at least something I can do. So mm. I think the role we have to play now is about just taking a step back and thinking, actually, what do I need to do? What, what actually is right for me to do to look after myself and my family? Thinking about those simple hygiene measures and just making sure that we're keeping things proportionate and, and actually keeping going. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. If you find a fox in your chicken coop, you're completely within your rights to beat it to death? Well, it is a, it's a distressing story. I mean, this chap uh, claims to have killed this fox with a baseball bat on Boxing Day. Uh, and he, uh, as far as I'm aware, he claims the fox got caught in some of the protective netting uh, around his chicken coop, and he didn't know what else to do. Um, but it does seem like a very extreme reaction. Um, and what's uh, even more um, odd and distressing is that he then put out this tweet, which was uh, quite kind of, uh, in, you know, had a sort of bragging tone to it um, just afterwards. And that obviously created the furore uh, on social media and, and led to the um, investigation that, that was undertaken by the RSPCA. Now, uh, technically in law, killing a fox is not illegal, but the guidelines, the government's guidelines say it should be done uh, humanely if a, if a fox is, for instance, caught in a trap or a, or a snare uh, on someone's land uh, and uh, it clearly needs to be um, humanely dispatched, then it should be dispatched humanely uh, and quickly. Um, but and why is it uh, okay I, to trap... I, hang on. Why yeah. is it all right in this day and age to put down traps for animals? What are, what are we um, becoming? Even more facile than we used to be as a race? What's going on? Exactly. Uh, you know, and certainly uh, I would uh, be very much an advocate of seeing uh, most types of traps and particularly snares uh, banned in the UK. These are very mm. indiscriminate... Uh, um, ways of trapping and killing animals and they cause immense and immeasurable animal suffering and it's not only the wild animals that are targeted by these things that get caught in these traps people's pets get caught in them and on occasion people um, also get caught up and injured by um, traps and snares so uh, the sooner we see a ban on these uh, on these kinds of um, implements that are used to indiscriminately target wild animals mm. the better but you know but, never mind about the instrument this is the thing that worries me, Mark. When somebody has been found who has done this, then they need to be severely dealt with so that it puts other people off from doing it. 
Because, you well, know, I, you can I, get rid of all the snares and traps in the world, but if people want to behave like this, they'll go out and make them and find ways of doing it. If you, if you give them the, uh, the message that if you do this and we catch you, your life ain't going to be worth living. Well, uh, my understanding uh, is that the RSPCA looked into this particular case of this fox that was beaten to death with a, a baseball bat uh, very carefully, and my understanding was that an independent post-mortem was carried out on the fox that established that, uh, you know, the, the blow to the head, presumably, that the, this chap uh, dealt um, this poor animal um, uh, was likely to have killed the animal fairly quickly. So within the within the context of um, the law the rspca obviously made the decision that they mm. were unlikely to get a conviction for cruelty in this particular case um, but the question still remains you know why did this chap um, on what basis did this chap decide that this animal needed to be, be beaten to death um, and certainly you know our advice and the advice that the RSPCA given and so forth is, you know, if you do see a wild animal that appears to be in distress or caught or uh, um, uh, in need of help, then uh, obviously you need to assess the situation, you need to stay safe yourself, particularly if it's mm. a larger animal like a fox or a badger, um, you know, or a, a deer or a wild boar or something like that, and seek expert advice. Um, before taking uh, some kind of uh, drastic action. And there are quite a number of places that you can very easily go to. These days, most people carry mobile phones around with them and so forth. And, uh, um, you know, the RSPCA offer helplines. There's uh, very good links to uh, all kinds of local wildlife um, experts and charities. Your local vet may be able to help by giving you some advice or possibly even um, coming out to, uh, to attend to the animal concerned. Um, if this fox was simply caught up in some netting, then I would have thought there's every possibility that with the, um, you know, with the right help, it could have been released uh, so that it could have been on its way. And uh, instead of tweeting about his um, activities, uh, Mr. Mom hmm. could have uh, spent his time more fruitfully um, shoring up his chicken coop. Well, I agree with you. And I think the thing that's annoyed everybody, um, I... I I uh, I just do not understand why anybody would have wanted to go on social media and boast about it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, although he, he's uh, subsequently claimed, as far as I'm aware, that, uh, uh, you know, the, the tone of his... The, tweet, I think it was uh, something that he put out on Twitter, uh, was misinterpreted and he was simply, you know, being ironic that, that this had happened on Boxing Day and, uh, and, uh, uh, and that it was something he hadn't expected to be doing that morning. Uh, nevertheless, the tone of the tweet was certainly, at the time, certainly seemed um, uh, as if he was boasting about what he'd done and uh, that's what created the, the uh, reaction and, and uh, that's, not, that's not at all surprising. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. I felt like I was going to be starring in some sort of sitcom about a hotel yeah. in Tenerife or yeah. something. No, that's exactly it. And I think they're taking the mick out of me. I quite that's liked what? it. It was, it was quite dated. It's not exactly it is, modern. But no, um, there was that, sort Alex. of a chill sort of yeah. sun vibe to it. Yeah, I, I'm very kind of them. Uh, now, listen, you were a big star <laughs> in... No, you were... Uh, you were a big star, and your mate, um, whose name's right popped out of my head. I feel like you're going to say Belinda. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because the two of you look very similar. That's but you're just much younger, of course. Blondes. But... 
No, it's like all blondes look the same. No, 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 no. But <clears throat> you had long hair. That's true. You know, I still like, do. Yeah, all somewhere. bald, bald heads look the same. That is look, true, actually. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Good. Without getting into too much trouble, I'll, otherwise it'd be like Trevor Phillips, and I'll be uh, told off for being. Oh, you can't you can't insult a bald person yet, can you? You can insult somebody who's fat, and that's not allowed anymore. Really? Yeah, you can't oh, do that a anymore. Shame. Did you enjoy your time as a, an MEP? Yeah, I did. I yeah. should. I feel like I'm not allowed to say that. I'm supposed to say no. It's a wretched institution. It is a wretched inst- institution. But mm. we used to troll it on a regular basis, and actually, we had such a good camaraderie with our group. You know, we all we, we're still in a WhatsApp group together, chatting all the time. My phone's constantly pinging with the other MEPs. We, we're really tight knit, mm. and I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss the friendships. And what did you do before it? Uh, before that, I've always been in politics. I've always been campaigning for Brexit, really. So for me, it's like I'm facing a existential crisis. It's like coming out the other end of a marriage and thinking, oh, what do I want to do now? Um, but no, I was head of media for UKIP, was Nigel's right-hand woman for the longest mm-hmm. time, had a little bit of a break for a couple of years, went over to Kenya, ran the president's election campaign over there. <laughs> so political consultancy. Mm-hmm. Then way before that, I was actually a journalist. Were you? I was, Yeah. yeah. And so when you, I mean, the story was you had a bit of a fallout with uh, Nigel. Have you made that up now? When did I have a fallout with him? Well, I don't know. I thought you'd had a bit of a fallout. No, we never fall out. No, there was was the one time that I made a sort of deliberately Mm -hmm. sort of opaque comment about um, standing down candidates. I didn't agree. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I can see why he did it. Did I agree with it? No. 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 But that's fine. That's not a fallout. Mm -hmm. I mean... He didn't ring you up and say, right, that's the last time we're going to talk. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. Did he phone me up? He, when he phones up, he often does goes right. That is very him. Uh, I'm going for lunch with him tomorrow, so well, you know. Will you give him my best wishes? Yeah, I, will. I haven't seen him I for will. a while. Yeah, he's always a good lunch buddy. I know he is, and he drinks uh, more wine than I can at lunchtime. Or well, probably I feel anyone he's else. probably got the winning strategy in these times of you mm. know pestilence that he fills the insides of his body with alcohol <laughs> and a thick <laughs> layer of tar. So where's the virus going to get an in? <laughs> Yeah, he still smokes, he still drinks. Um, I remember when I I, uh, I was uh, like you, uh, between jobs at one point, he offered me um, he offered me the job uh, either of a press officer, I think, um, which I, I got another job. I wouldn't have known how to do that. Um, we had a very nice lunch at his house. I feel like I need to know when this was. Um, why, did he offer you that job? Well, I became that, oh, so either right. I was, it was being... before then, it was before then. I was either yeah. being booted out, or no, you said no, and no, then thankfully no, I got no, it. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 he's very nice. I, I found myself with nothing much to do, because he's sort of a neighbour of mine. And oh, I, you're down I, in yeah, Kent. Yeah. I was sitting, uh, having a chat with him, and he'd just been fishing, and he got some sea bass out of his... Uh, and he cooked them up, and we had lunch, we had a chat, and uh, I think... And then I beca- did I become the uh, UKIP can? I didn't really agree with all the sort of some of the things that they were saying, but Nigel's a, a good fun, and I thought, well, I might for a laugh do it. Uh, became the uh, UKIP candidate for London Mayor, the first one ever. Oh. And then we were on the way once to uh, ITN Studio to do an interview. My wife said to me, "Right, you have to decide now because people are actually taking you seriously." I said, "No, of course they're not. Should they are?" And so, uh, and then Ofcom told me I couldn't do both because oh. I thought it'd be quite easy. I'd do my radio show. It was late at night then, and I uh, I could carry on and be mayor. Oh, bloody Ofcom! Yeah, no. you know, if you were if you were going to be standing for mayor for the Guardian newspaper, they'd have been. Oh, it. do not mention that name in this studio, <laughs> please. <laughs> Honestly, 
Um, no. So, uh, there we are. We we're getting to the stage where you can't criticise anything or anyone. Oh, but I love it. It's, my, it's a sport for mm. me. Well, it's been a sport for me for many, many years, <laughs> but it's getting more difficult to play it. I think so, but actually what's happening is the counter-narrative now because everything is becoming so highly mm. censored and everyone's now getting fed up with that. You've got all these sort of free speech enterprises like Toby Young's Free Speech Union and, you know, all sorts of things popping up in the wake of that. So the backlash has begun and we're going to be right at the helm of it. Do you think politics has still got a place for Alex Phillips? I think politics would miss me. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. <laughs>